This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. In a world where overspending, debt, and keeping up with the Joneses rules us all. Where the voices from the merchants, restaurants, and credit companies lord over the common man. Out of the darkness, like a beacon of hope, comes a new voice. A voice that's rich and creamy, like your favorite butter. And delicious, like cheeseburger pizza on your diet cheat day. It's... The Stacking Benjamin Show. Live from Joe's mom's basement, it's The Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and what's the best way to set yourself up for financial success? Start early, of course. Today, we welcome a guy who's diving into teaching financial literacy in a big way. Now with a children's book on Kickstarter called M is for Money, Rob Phelan. No kids in your life? Don't worry. Rob has plenty of lessons to go around. Plus, billionaire Peter Thiel has over $5 billion in his Roth IRA. How did it get there? Can you do the same? We'll get IRA expert Ed Slot's take during our headline segment, and later, we'll throw out the Haven Lifeline to a lucky stacker who asked about giving graduation gifts to family. Just how many thousands should you give your third favorite niece? And I'll throw in for no extra charge some of my stellar trivia, suitable for re-gifting. And now... Two guys who still haven't handed anything over for my graduation from the intense six-week program down at Southwest Bahama State Technical Institute and Beauty College. It's Joe and O-J-J-J-J-G. I keep forgetting we got to get him a graduation gift. In slightly under 10 years, he graduated? Yeah, what's the... Well, and it's been, what, three years since that happened? What's the... What's the time frame in which it's unacceptable to to give a graduation gift? Where you're too old? Like if I showed up today at the recording with a graduation gift for you, would that be too late? Oh, I will take a gift anytime. But for Doug, I believe the statute of limitations has expired. 
I, I would totally agree. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Sorry You Missed Out podcast. I'm Joe Salcihai, Average Joe Money on Twitter. It is a great day here in the basement because we're going to help kids get financially literate today, OG. Literate, huh? Rob Phelan coming down to the basement. I got a feeling this is going to be a good show. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm, bet he's never heard that before. I'm sure not. First, uh, I don't know if you saw this. Peter Thiel made headlines a couple weeks ago while we were on our break. I want to address that. But first, let's address this. This episode is sponsored by State Farm. You a small business owner looking for insurance that fits your needs and budget? Well, look no further than State Farm. State Farm agents are not just insurance providers. They're also small business owners who live and work right here in your community. They understand the unique challenges of running and protecting a small business. When it comes to small business insurance, State Farm knows what it takes. Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. That might have been my snappiest transition ever for the compulsory ad read. All right, I need more coffee, but let's get rolling on this headline. Hello, darlings. And now it's time for your favorite part of the show, our stacking Benjamin's headlines. In our headline today, uh, a lot of news lately, OG, about a gentleman named Peter Thiel and how he mastered his Roth IRA to get $5 billion tax-free. It's a lot of scratch. But, yeah, I know. You can't live on it, but it's a nice start. The website ProPublica recently reported billionaire Peter Thiel's Roth IRA with value more than $5 billion that has leaders in Congress up in arms and talking about passing laws that could affect your IRA. Website says it obtained IRS data on taxpayers' filed returns though it didn't disclose how the information was obtained, but ProPublica says its claims about Teal's IRA are accurate. Here's what happened, OG. As an early investor in PayPal, Teal acquired shares at a low cost, perhaps for pennies a share. He had his Roth IRA purchase some of those shares. Since PayPal is a successful company, the value of the shares grew, and now are worth substantially more than Teal's Roth IRA paid for them. I called up our friend Ed Slot and asked Ed, what he thought about uh, Peter Thiel and the Roth IRA. And here was his thought. Well, I see is Peter Thiel's you know, multi-billion dollar Roth IRA and how you can do it too. So let's just get to the point. You won't do that. That's like saying, you know, uh, I won a hundred million in a lottery and you can too. You know, it's unlikely it's going to happen to you, but it does bring out the point that whatever grows in your Roth IRA grows income tax free for the rest of your life. So he not only has five billion or whatever it is, uh, maybe it's six billion by today <laughs> uh, in his Roth IRA, but it's all growing tax free. But if it makes you feel better that he's got all this money, he's not keeping a lot of that. So even though it's all tax free, that's income tax. It will still be subject to a state tax, although I understand I just read something that maybe he, he uh, has citizenship in New Zealand or something. But again, that's not likely going to be you. So even though it's free of income tax, it's not free of a state tax, which could consume a good chunk of that. 
And all he did is follow the, the rules. I mean, they didn't do anything wrong. I don't know why everybody's saying, oh, he did these terrible things. Yeah. No, he invested $1,700 of his 2000 dollars that he had in a Roth IRA in 1999, which is perfectly legal. He bought this startup stock, the PayPal, for one-tenth of one cent per share. <laughs> so he bought 1.7 million shares for 1700 And you know what? If he lost his money, we wouldn't even be talking about that since nobody would care. So it does bring up the point that, you know, if you have something that you think will highly appreciate, you want it in your Roth IRA because the upside is unlimited. You nod your head as we listen to Ed OG. I think you agree. And not only do I agree, but I'm also jealous. It does illustrate the impact because it might not be five billion, but I bet you you can get your Roth IRA to a million and I bet you can get it to two million and I bet it will be a fraction of your contributions that do it because the power of compounding, which Peter Thiel's Roth illustrates has just compounded a lot faster. And the power of having that money tax free forever is on full display here. So if this didn't motivate you to start your Roth, I, I don't know what else would. Hey, uh, uh, you know, when people do think about getting rich inside their Roth though, right now, especially, I know there's gotta be a bunch of stackers out there going, what if I put crypto in my Roth, right? What if I hit it big, with crypto. Mm -hmm. I also asked Ed about crypto in the Roth. If I'm going to venture into the crypto waters, should I be putting that money in my Roth IRA, hoping that it's going to no, grow big time? Put it, that's why people get mixed up. You can't put it uh, in your Roth IRA. The Roth IRA has to have funds in there that you contributed. The only contributions you can make to a Roth, like Peter Thiel did, is in cash. Uh, from, you know, you work, you, you have to be qualified to have a Roth by having earnings. And now, unlike uh, Peter Thiel's 2000, you can put up to 6000 in a Roth IRA or 7000 if you're 50 or over. And then once that cash is in the Roth IRA, you're pretty much free to invest in anything you want, except certain collectibles and life insurance. So if you wanted to get into cryptocurrency and you think there's going to be a big upside that's where you want your money. You can be like a mini Peter Thiel, maybe. If you make <laughs> a lot of money, at least it all grows tax-free. But remember, not everybody makes a fortune. It's very volatile. People can be vulnerable to hacking and all kinds of things that are happening. It's unregulated. You really have to know what you're doing. We're only hearing about the ones that made all this money, the people putting out the TikTok videos. But for everybody that makes money, this is how a market works. Somebody has to lose money. That's the same thing with any stock. You think you're getting a deal when you buy a stock. Somebody's betting exactly the opposite when they sell it. So there is a market like that. And as they release more of these different types of coins, uh, it will probably stabilize and you won't see this high volatility over time. But if you think you want to get your feet wet in it and use some of your uh, money and your Roth to do it, it's not a bad idea, uh, but I wouldn't overly do it because of the high risk and you could lose your money. Yeah, great advice. So it starts off as cash and then have uh, an account inside of the Roth where you can convert that cash into Bitcoin or whatever it might be after it's and inside the shelter. 
Yeah, but you'd probably need a self-directed IRA custodian. Yeah. Uh, if you go to Fidelity or Vanguard or Schwab or any of the big names and you say, I want to invest in Bitcoin or Dogecoin or whatever it is, they'll tell you to get lost. <laughs> You'd need to go out to a self-directed IRA custodian, and you can find them online, but there's fees for that. So you have to go kind of outside the traditional investing world to do it. Ed, I would guess if people want better tax planning help, you might know of a place where people can get that. Right. You go to our website. There's a lot of resources and articles. We have articles galore on the whole Peter Thiel thing, Bitcoin and everything. And all of that information is pretty much, it is free. It's not pretty much, it's free. (laughs) You just go on the site. We, we load it up. I'm always hesitant because I'm saying, do we charge for any of it? No, I don't think we do. (laughs) And it's, IRAhelp.com, I-R-A-H-E-L-P.com. You'll learn a lot from the experts that post articles. That's our team of IRA experts, some of the best in the country. And that's what's good about it. Remember, we, we're tax advisors. We don't sell stocks, bonds, funds, insurance, annuities, none of that. So you can rely on that independent, objective, unbiased advice. And that's probably the best place to get it. Ed, thanks for nerding out with us for a few minutes about taxes, the Roth, and crypto today. I really appreciate your time, man. Okay. I wish billions in everybody's Roth IRAs. Sounds much more like gambling with your Roth IRA money if you go with crypto, but like that can be done. I'm scared about self-directed IRAs for lots of reasons. The complexity, the the opportunity to have one one little follow-up. You know, we hear about self-directed IRAs mainly on the real estate space where people are like, oh, I just put this in my IRA. And um, I've heard far many, far more stories of people screwing that up and getting a tax bill from the government for $200,000 than success stories. So you got to be careful. But I think like what, what Ed said there was really important, which was anytime you have an opportunity to make tons of money in something, if you can get it into a tax shelter of some kind, it's going to be better. Yeah. Uh, but don't go YOLO your way to Roth IRA nope. success. Oh, YOLO. I'm going to bet it all. The other thing that I kind of want to point out here about this Roth IRA thing is when Peter did this, it was in the early 2000s, I think, right? Early 2000, 2000 sure. something? Yeah. Late 90s, maybe. Did he have any idea what the tax rates were going to be in the future? Did he know no, what tax no rate, clue. you know, I've, uh, oh, but what about the tax deduction today? What it, And look where he sits today with a bucket of tax-free money. And guess what he doesn't care about? The freaking tax rates. And you don't get to pick. And that's, it, we get those questions a lot, both in the in our business, but then also here on the show where it's like, well, should I put money in my pre-tax 401k or my Roth? I don't know. Yes, both. Well, which one's going to be better? Who knows? Because we don't know what tax rates are going to be in the future. But I bet you that Peter's pretty excited that he's got $5 million tax-free money in his Roth right now. Doesn't really care that he didn't get the deduction. So do the Roth people. I guess it's a great place to leave this discussion. If you want to dive into this or more resources, uh, get our guide. StackingBenjamins.com forward slash stacker gets you signed up. It is a free guide. You also get uh, Joe's money lessons and you'll find out where we're coming around the country. Getting ready, hopefully, OG, to introduce that in the near future. I've got a very important meeting next Wednesday, so potentially late next week we'll have our schedule. I'm I'm being asked uh, fairly often now, 
if and when we're coming to a city near you. And that's very... We're coming to the city near you. That's very fulfilling. We are coming to lots of cities near lots of people if we have anything to do about it. But uh, very important meeting on Wednesday to see if that actually happens. But you know what we know is happening? Doug is here with some awesome trivia. So, G, got your thinking cap on? Bring it. All right, here we go. Doug, what do you got today, man? Hey there, stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, famous fly fisherman, respected toenail artist, and renowned book reviewer. And I got to say, in preparation for Rob Phelan coming down to visit, I've been reading his book, and there's some good stuff. I know it isn't the target market, but I think this would be a good gift for some 45-year-olds we know. But there are a few things this book won't teach your kids. Like, you want to start a fire? Be very liberal with the gasoline and make sure you have adult supervision. Do you want to be a legend like me? Prank your teacher by changing all the posters in the classroom to Steve Boshemi. Seriously, they'll be talking about you for decades. Who needs money when you got fame? Speaking of teaching kids, Rob's talking financial education, so let's just dive into history. On this date in 1925, a teacher was sued for teaching evolution in schools. What was the teacher's name? I'll be back faster than you can crack a book and learn something. Yeah, I'm talking to you, OG. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. Do you want your money to dream big? Do you want your money to be a total self-starter? Are you annoyed that your money doesn't work hard enough? Well, don't worry. Betterment is here to help. Betterment's the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Their automated technology is built to help maximize returns, meaning when you invest with Betterment, your money can auto-adjust as you get closer to your goal, rebalance if your portfolio gets too far out of line, and your dividends are automatically reinvested. That can increase the potential for compound returns. In other words... Your money's breaking a sweat while you can be breaking bread. You'll never picture your money in the same way again. Betterment, the automated investing and savings app that makes your money hustle. Visit betterment.com to get started. Investing involves risk. Performance is not guaranteed. Well, if you're new to Stacking Benjamins, you may not know that I've tried out a lot of personal finance apps. I like to be a guinea pig and try out all these things so I know what I'm talking about when it comes to uh, what's helpful and what isn't helpful. And uh, the app that I've used the longest has been Monarch Money. And it's because Cheryl and I, my spouse, were able to collaborate together. We can work on our goals together and our budget and our goals are right next to each other on the app. It is clearly the next generation of personal finance apps. So what is it? Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals and collaborate with your partner. And now because you're a stacker, you'll get an extended 30 day free trial. When you go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. I love the fact that we get to collaborate. I love the fact that it's customizable. And I also love that it's this ad free privacy. You can trust. They never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch myself, I totally get why it's the top rated personal finance app. And right now, because you're a stacker, you're going to get an extended 30-day free trial to try it out like I try out many different apps. And this one was sticky for me because, well, you'll see when you try out the 30-day free trial. Go to monarchmoney.com slash Benjamins. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y.com slash Benjamins for your extended 30-day free trial. 
stackers, I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, here not just with your trivia answer, but also some more lessons you should consider teaching those youngsters in your life. Rob's got M is for money, but what about T is for tickets to a Blink-182 show for your old friend, Doug? Kids should remember the importance of giving, after all. Now that we've properly stretched out and we're ready for Rob Phelan, let's get back to today's trivia. The question was, on this date in 1925, a teacher was sued for teaching evolution in schools. What was that teacher's name? Well, an unassuming high school biology teacher and part-time football coach named John Scopes was found guilty of teaching evolution in schools in violation of Tennessee law. After some persuading by the American Civil Liberties Union and others, Scopes agreed to serve as the guinea pig in an attempt to challenge the law on constitutional grounds. That's what happened on today's date in history. Now let's turn you over to the future. Let's pass this over to Joe and Rob. See ya! And here he comes walking down the stairs to the basement. Our friend Rob Phelan's here. How are you, man? I am doing wonderful. Thank you so much for having me down in this glorious basement. It's much uh, better decorated than I thought it was going to be. It, everybody says that, that it is <laughs> it is way nicer and not nearly as musty. But that's, you know, mom has standards, Rob. So Basements are getting better and better these days, aren't they? It, it depends on whose basement, but definitely <laughs> ours has a cleanliness factor that mom, you know, it can't drop below a certain point. Uh, we can talk basements all day, but I would much rather talk about what you're doing, my friend. And as a way to get to that, I think it's important to talk about what you do and about your story. But I want to start here. I have heard from many people that you are not the true money nerd in your family, that your wife is actually the money nerd and you kind of got dragged into this whole financial thing. Yeah. Um, well, it definitely started that way. Um, you know, we got together. I came from Ireland. So I did my high school and undergraduate education in Ireland, moved to the U.S., I was working as a soccer coach, so professional soccer coach and director of marketing for this small little company up in Boston. It was pretty much minimum wage and below because they were subsidizing our housing. So any money that came in, it was being spent straight away. And I lived my life that way up until the point I met my wife. And as we were starting to get more serious, she was kind of like, hey, uh, I don't like this responsibility of being the money person in our house. Like I'm the one saving doing the stuff for retirement. I get how taxes work. You're just a clueless little child at this point. Not was this words, like a serious, wait felt. a minute though, Rob, was this like a serious sit you down conversation and go, Rob needs to start adulting? Was it that type of thing? Or was it just a casual kind of back and forth that you're having over dinner one night? It built up to an actual, like, I need you to learn more about this because I don't like the pressure of being the money person in our house. And for anyone who is like the head of the household in terms of your finances and the spouse doesn't take any role in it, it can feel like a lot of pressure. Like you're making all the decisions. Your partner doesn't really want to have any say in it. And you're kind of like, oh, if I screw up, it's all on me. I can't say, well, this was an us thing. It was all me. Um, and she didn't like that. And she said, I need you to go learn more. And my school at the same time said, we want you to teach a personal finance class. So from two ends, I was like, all right, I got to do this. And I dove headfirst into like Dave Ramsey, like most of us do, and then quickly realized I want more. And the financial independence community was where I found that. So Chooseify, your podcast, Paula's podcast, those are my entry points into financial independence and I haven't left since. That's super inspiring for a lot of people, but I have to imagine you got to be thinking that you're looking at this learning cliff, Rob. I mean, you got to teach all these young minds about personal finance and your journey's just beginning yourself. 
Well, it was one of those like, how hard can it be kind of things? Like there's this, not that much of this money thing. You if, know, Joe can, if Joe can do it, <laughs> then fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're going to ignore the fact that there's a older guy living in his mom's basement, still giving money advice, <laughs> but yeah, it can't be that hard. I didn't realize how much it was going to be and how much there was to learn and learning to just manage your money. So the Dave Ramsey stuff, and that was okay. You know, there's very quickly. All right. I got, I got the baby steps. That's it. Cool. And then you move into financial independence. You're like, whoa, there is so much that you can do. There's so many different paths you can take. And that for me was just so exciting that there was so much more out there. And I love teaching that to my students now that there is no one single path to financial independence or managing your money. It's a choose your own adventure kind of deal. You've seen, and I love that analogy, the choose your own adventure, because it truly, truly is. There's so many so many ways to learn and so many people that you can be inspired by that are so like you. People often ask me if there's too many personal finance podcasts or if there's too many bloggers. And I'm like, there's 330 million people in the United States. Dave Ramsey reportedly has maybe between one and 2 million people that listen to an episode. They don't make their numbers public, but people surmise that based on Mm -hmm. rankings and things. You could take Dave Ramsey and all the rest of us, Clark Howard, Gene Chatsky, Jill Schlesinger, put everybody together and we might have seven or eight, maybe nine. Million. <laughs> so, so I'm like, hold on, we need more voices and we need more people doing what you're doing and, and what all of us are doing. You've seen the statistics. I mean, getting to those numbers, part of the reason why people don't listen is because we've seen so many numbers that show that financial education curriculums largely aren't working. Kids will nod their head. They'll say, yes, Mr. Phelan, I totally get all this. And then they'll go get themselves buried in debt right after that. Why do so few of these curriculums work? Or is it is this more of a thing that we just need to push through it? We just need more. If the kid is even getting the moment to say, yes, Mr. Phelan, I get this, but I'm going to totally ignore you anyway, they're still doing better than a large majority of students in the U.S. A large portion of the U.S. doesn't get any financial education at all. They don't even get the opportunity to say, no, thank you. There's only six states that are mandating one semester of personal finance to graduate high school. So like, you actually have to take a personal finance class to graduate. There are much larger number of states that say, okay, a half credit will do, and we're going to embed that in some other course. So in Maryland, um, where I normally live, like not in this basement right now, but in Maryland, there is you know this half credit requirement. It's usually hidden in something like independent living or Microsoft certification or intro to business. And it's up to each of those teachers to try and figure out how am I going to deliver these standards? And there's nobody following up on it. There's no test to hit. There's no like anyone knocking on your door to be like, hey, are you hitting your financial literacy standards? So a lot of students are getting subpar financial literacy content because their teachers just don't know much about money themselves. And then there's not enough rails on it. It sounds like you're saying there's no help for teachers. Like there's no qualification to say like, okay, we're going to get you to become financially literate yourself. So you can teach this course. And then, yeah, there's no rails to make sure that teachers are following up on it. But let's be honest, most of us are so snowed down with our own content and trying to hit those standards and state testing and all that stuff that it does get ignored a lot of times because it's an easy one to ignore. I've never been a teacher, but I took teaching curriculum when I, after I sold my business thinking I was going to become a high school teacher. And I was told, and I learned that, man, you spend so much time just checking boxes to hit these marks and everything else that it's hard to teach. That said, how do you set up your financial curriculum for your kids? And is there anything that you wish you could do differently that you can't do in your course? Like, where do you begin with kids? 
So when we set up our curriculum, I say we, because this was something that Choose a Five Foundation helped develop. So I work with them part-time. We developed a pre-K through 12 curriculum for financial independence. Started at what should a 18-year-old know before they go out into the big world and mapped it all the way back down to pre-K so that each one built up to the next level. So when we were designing this course for high school, we're like, okay, what, is, what does a kid need to know to survive in the world? We divided it up into nine units. So we covered the basics of earn more, spend less, invest better, subdivided those up into mini units as well. And that's where I started. And I usually kick off with what's your money story? So what's your experience with money so far? Like, like we see on many podcasts, that's where you start with your guests. You're like, where are you coming from? What do you know already? What um, experiences have you had? What have your parents modeled for you already? And then we build it up to, okay, let's get you to at least have the skills that you need to survive. And let's try and change that mindset, attitudes, and beliefs around money so that there's something a bit more positive there. So when you do go out into the big world, you hit roadblocks, you take on debt, you at least have the basics down to make changes. Because yeah, like you said, a lot of kids are not going to be ready for it right now. They're not ready for that message because they just haven't realized there is a problem yet. So trying to fix that first is, I think, our biggest goal. Yeah. And I bet you must see and must hear some amazing stories from these kids already. Both ways. Yeah. You hear the truly like terrible stories where I have like a student who is working full time and trying to do high school full time to help her parents make it through the pandemic. And then you have the kid who's like, show me how this Roth IRA thing works because I'm starting my own landscaping business. I want to put money aside for retirement and you know, is leaving high school with 20 grand in a Roth IRA, you know, after going through four years of putting money in, or probably it's in the brokerage as well, it wouldn't all be in the Roth IRA, but you get the idea that he's starting to invest and taking this whole financial thing seriously. And I just can't wait to see what he looks like in 10 years and what his financial picture is. With your work around the simple startup and your own personal interest in entrepreneurship, do you make entrepreneurship part of the curriculum? Absolutely. So when we think about- Get them young. Just oh my gosh. Yes. Those three pillars, earn more, spend less, invest better. I mean, if you're talking about earning more, we can do it with salary, but side hustles, entrepreneurship, um, finding ways to increase your income. I think that's such a huge part of anyone's personal finance journey. Yes. Not everyone is made to start a business or wants to do it. I should say anyone can do it. Not everyone wants to, but at least learning how to do it and applying those money lessons, the organizational skills, the money management side of things, the people management, the communication, the sales, those are all skills that are very applicable to other parts of our lives or to our careers. So yeah, I absolutely embed it in every personal finance class I teach. When I used to go to local high schools and speak, because of course there was no curriculum there, but teachers that I knew would have me come in and talk to their class. And by the way, Rob, the classes that I went into, every single question was a variant of how do I get myself up to my eyeballs in debt? and screwed by the time I'm 25. Like it seriously was, how do I finance a truck, right? If I don't have a credit score, how do I get a better credit score? How do I get a credit card? How do I buy a house? How do I, and I'm like, well, let's talk about building an emergency fund, right? Let's talk about getting a budget in order. But that's on the personal finance side where I think people are screwing up. On the entrepreneurship side, where do you think kids need more of a head start or anybody thinking about starting a business? Where's the place to start? For kids, what they need is the push that they can do it, that maybe your parents are not entrepreneurs. It's not something that's genetic. You're not born with an entrepreneurship gene. If you have parents who are a little bit more like 
go-getter, problem solver, maybe have their own business already, then you're already exposed to that world and you know it's a possibility. Most kids have just never been exposed to it. The same thing with positive money management. If you've never been exposed to the idea that there's a different way of doing something, you never realize there's this whole side of the world that you're not aware of. So that's usually where I start is just let's try and identify problems that people are facing and start proposing solutions and just start flexing that entrepreneurship muscle of seeing problems and solving them. That is so true though, that I remember when I was a kid and my dad worked for General Motors his entire career, I always thought that entrepreneurs were a whole different breed of people. You know, I never looked at them as the same as you and I, I thought, well, there must be something this dude that owns the corner store who gets all of these tops baseball cards uh, packs in and doesn't just eat them all himself. He must be very, very special dude. Yeah. I mean, I thought entrepreneurs were the like Bill Gates, the Oprah Winfrey's, like the people at the top with the celebrity status. Like I thought that was an entrepreneur. I didn't even realize you like your local shop owner was an entrepreneur. That was just like another job somehow. Oh, did head. you really? It's, yeah. it's, so you didn't think at all. You're like that guy just uh, kind of, yeah, mine was a whole different thing. You now are working on a Kickstarter campaign and I'm sitting here and you're watching me type. I'm sitting here trying to pull it up by the way, because uh, I could have had it pulled up and I did not. But we're starting at the very beginning here, Rob. Tell us about MS for Money, because this is a really cool project. Yeah, um, I clearly don't have enough projects in my life, so I decided <laughs> right. to add one more in. When I talk to my students about ways to start a business, we talk about starting for as close to free as possible. And one of the major strategies there is pre-selling your value. So you tell people what your idea is, you tell them how it's going to look, and you ask them to give your money up front so that you can take that and then bring the project to life crowdfunding places like Kickstarter or Indiegogo is a great place to go if you've got an idea and you want help bringing it to life rather than approaching a bank or approaching an angel investor or someone like that. You can just let your customers prepay and use their money to help fund all the bits and pieces you need to do. So I've been telling my students for ages, okay, we need to do this. I had this kid's book in my head and I was like, all right, this is something that you could do. I thought this would be a great marriage. I want to show my students how this can be done. And I wanted to try it myself before I was recommending it all the time. Like, hey, go do a Kickstarter campaign. It's easy. And it's, it's not easy, guys. It's a lot of work, but it is very rewarding to do. And the Kickstarter is currently running with my kids book, Amos for Money, which is an ABCs of money book that introduces three to eight-year-olds to age-appropriate money words. And then the big one, it also normalizes conversations about money. So it's a very interactive book where... The reader, so the child reader and the adult in the room, whether it's a teacher, parent, grandparent, uncle, whatever, they can have conversations based on the questions that are being asked of the young reader. So like, what can you buy with a dollar? What would you do with an allowance? If you were given a small sum of money, how would you spend it? Like the questions that are not, there's something anybody can talk about, but we never ask kids this or we never ask adults this either. And I want to break down those barriers that say money is not something we should be talking about at home. On the Kickstarter page, people will see this and we'll link to it on our show notes at stackybedjamins.com. But let's uh, listen to a little bit of the video from the Kickstarter for MS for Money. Here it is. Hey everyone, my name is Rob Phelan. I'm a math and personal finance teacher in Maryland. I'm a curriculum writer for Chooseify International Foundation, which is a nonprofit dedicated to personal finance education. I'm a business guide for youth entrepreneurs to, through my own company, The Simple Startup. I'm a husband to an amazing wife and dad to an almost two-year-old son. Thank you so much for taking a look at my Kickstarter campaign. I want to tell you a little bit about how we're going to solve the problem of those statistics that were just thrown up. 
MS for Money introduces three to eight-year-old children to age-appropriate money vocabulary and normalizes conversations about money at home or between family and friends in public places such as school, a friend's house, um, a guardian's house, out on the playground. The idea is that we want to try and remove the shame and guilt that is normally felt around talking about money, just a cultural norm that we have here in the US. We're gonna try and remove that, fix it so that when children or young adults or you know just future managers of money have questions, they're not going to feel this taboo kind of sense about bringing up a money conversation or a question that they have. Because let's face it, if you could think back to some money decision you made in the past where you're like, that didn't really go very well, did you ask anyone for their advice about it? Did you have any questions? Did you feel comfortable asking? And if you can point to a time like I can where, yeah, I can think of some time where, you know, if I had asked somebody, I would have made a much better financial decision. That's what we're going to try and do through Emmons for Money. We're going to produce. I've had that feeling myself where I thought that I couldn't, um, I didn't really have anybody to ask. And I love the fact that three to eight years old. So you're beginning right at the beginning with, hey, let's get rid of the taboo from the beginning, Rob. From three years old, kids can start understanding basic money concepts. Like my son is almost two. He pulls my credit card out of my wallet and goes around swiping it on things at home. Um, he gets the idea that we have to go see the cashier before we leave a store and that we're going to have to trade something for all of our stuff, whether it's cash or swiping a credit card. And I can start explaining these ideas to him about spending, saving, giving, um, investing is a topic that comes a little bit later. But some of these more basic money topics, we can start talking about and the majority of a kid's attitudes, habits, and beliefs about money are going to be formed by around age seven to nine. You know, we, if we can start talking to kids early and start building great positive money habits from the beginning, it makes our teen years so much easier. It makes our adult life so much easier because we've already got the building blocks in place for building wealth and managing money responsibly. If people are backing the campaign, let's talk about the campaign itself. What day is the drop dead date? When do we got to get our pledge in by? So campaign closes on July 31st. Um, it started the 1st of July and it's ending the 31st. So it's a very nice one. You got to pledge during July. Yep. Move during July. And then how long until they receive the book after the pledge is done? So how Kickstarter works, your credit card will not be charged unless the campaign meets its goal. Um, so the goal for this campaign is $6,000. And if we don't meet $6,000, nobody's credit cards get charged. There's no money to refund. It just is an unsuccessful campaign. If we reach the $6,000 goal, which I'm very optimistic we will, then at the end of the campaign, everyone's credit card gets charged for whatever you decided to pledge to the campaign. So you can pre-order your own book. You can donate extra books to Title I schools. Um, you can just say, I want to give money to this cause because I think it's really great. There's a lot of different options and reward tiers you can choose from. When the money comes in, I order the books and then it takes about four weeks for them to come in and then I ship them out. So most people can expect to get their books sometime in September or October. And I also know that the, the extra money that you earn goes right to the foundation, correct? Yes. So part of every book sold is going to be to um, the Choose a Fine International Foundation and then eventually other uh, nonprofits that are supporting financial literacy education. But I'm going to start with Choose a Fine Foundation because it is an organization that is so close to my own heart. Sure. Absolutely. No, it's fantastic. Uh, we will have a link to all things, Rob, including and most of all urgent. If you're going to get in, you got to get in by the end of July stackers to the Kickstarter campaign on our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. And you already have it if you get the Stacking Benjamins guide to the show. Rob Phelan, so awesome that we could finally hook up, my friend. I'm, I'm glad you made it down to the basement. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Joe. I really appreciate it. 
Hi, I'm Mitchell Walker, and when I'm not teaching people how to find hidden money, I'm out stacking Benjamins. Thanks again to Rob Phelan. I love his excitement. When I've had the opportunity to talk to Rob, I love his excitement for financial literacy. And to think that it was his wife who actually dragged him to that at first is an even better story. The faster that you get people involved in it, the more likely they are to succeed. We see it with people that we talk to on the show who write in and go, hey, I'm 20 and I'm trying to get this squared away, or I'm 30 and I've been doing it for 20 years. You know, and and the faster that it gets ingrained into your skull, that the answer isn't consumerism. It's not buy more stuff and have more things than your neighbor, which is what is bombarded to our kids every single solitary day. And instead, it's a message of gratitude and contentment and and saving and investing. Absolutely. The better decisions they're going to make. You know what excites me is the other side of that. I got an email that was largely a private email. But this person started at 55 OG, and now they're 60. And yeah, their house isn't completely in order, but oh my goodness, the stuff that they finished in the last five years between 55 and 60 is amazing. And it was cool to see somebody that discovered us at 55, decided it was time to get started. And I'm happy that we had some hand in that, but I'm sure there were other hands as well. And frankly, it's going to take your own two hands, right? You got to make the move. We can't make it for you. But if we could inspire somebody at 55 years old to get going, I like that as much as what Rob's talking about, three to eight years old, or what you're talking about in your 20s, or man, start now. Hey, let's throw out the Haven Lifeline. Why don't we start doing that, huh? We're going to tackle some of life's most important questions. Our friends at Haven Life Insurance Agency, OG, they put what you value first. Going to a baseball game later today, so hot dogs and beer. I think is probably on the agenda. Maybe not beer. I'm, I'm kind of taking a break from that, but hot dogs for sure. That's way more healthy than beer. <laughs> that is. Yeah. If you cut out the beer and just have four hot dogs instead, <laughs> that's, 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 that's way better. By the way, are you going to a uh, Rough Riders game or are you headed to see the Rangers? The, the Frisco Rough Riders. That is correct. By the way, I play for the Frisco Rough Riders. Okay. Is that a euphemism somehow? No, no, my Xbox game, MLB The Show. Mm. I'm playing the the road to the show. I got gotcha. you. You've got a, yeah, my guy's a center fielder for the Frisco Rough Riders. How's he doing? And I'm batting like 254. <laughs> batting like 254. I don't think you're going to make the majors with that. No, I just found out I'm nearing the end of my first year, and I just got the call from my agent that the Rough Riders are going to resign me, meaning I'm staying in Double A. Oh, nice. Well, at least you're but there. But I've been lighting it up lately. I'm getting I'm getting a little better. Hopefully, I'll get the AAA call soon. I'll let everybody know because I know you're all worried about me. <laughs> it's a heck of a video game, by the way. I wish I had time to play it more. It is. It is pretty cool. I agree. It's actually your family and your time, which you're going to be spending time with all them. And I'm sure Haven Life loves it when you have hot dogs. That definitely adds to their excitement about insuring you. This is an area that is so important for people. Get your life insurance in order. Figure out how much you need. Get it done today. If we can give you any advice outside of Haven Life, no matter who you work with, get your life insurance taken care of right now. The reason we recommend Haven Life and have for a long, long time is because the application is simple. It's online. You're going to get instant coverage decision. They have affordable prices and they're backed by Mass Mutual, which is more than a 160-year-old insurer, so you don't have to worry about are they going to be there when you need them. I got a question here that I wanted to focus on 
that was presented in our Facebook group, The Basement. If you want to hang out with other stackers, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash basement gets you to the link to the basement or just put Stacking Benjamins Basement in your search bar on Facebook and you'll find us. You can request access. Justin asked this question. I've got a graduation party this weekend. Me and my wife were discussing how much money to give and I was hoping for some additional input. My niece is graduating high school. We're not particularly close with the family. She's the first of this generation graduating from either me or my wife's family. So this will set the bar for us for the rest of the nieces and nephews, right? Yep. Whatever I give here. Yep, that's right. I know I can generally be a tightwad, but I don't want to give a huge amount just to prove to myself that I'm not. thought this was a great question for graduation season. What do you think, OG? Uh, I can say that it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. I think that uh, it's okay to be different to different nieces and nephews. One of my nephews, for example, the first one born in our family, like kind of that generation. And my wife and I started uh, 529 plan for him. And we put in a few bucks over the years. And now he graduated college. He got an amazing scholarship to Michigan Tech. And his first semester is going to cost him three grand out of pocket. Wow. Which is just phenomenal. And uh, there's enough money in the 529 for that. So we were like, yeah, we got that. And actually, what he doesn't know, maybe he listens to the show, so maybe I shouldn't say this, but um, we've got probably two years worth of money. Now, do we have that for all of our nieces and nephews? Of course not. This was the first one, and it just is what it is. So if you're fourth on the list, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) OG ran out of cash. (laughs) Uncle OG and Aunt OG aren't, we're not floating everybody's college. It is what it is. I think... I didn't think you have to give money. I think when it comes to money, I'm like, Justin, we're generally, if we don't know the family that well, we're in the 50 buck range. Yeah. Well, that I was going to say, that's kind of what we've decided to do also is we start tearing it out. You know what I mean? Like, like close friends and family, kind of the next tier, the next tier and kind of just like you, like the hundred bucks, the 50 bucks, the 35 bucks. And thanks for the hot. We set up. We set up goal setter accounts for our nieces, uh, goalsetter.co, by the way. We have no commission, no no relationship with them, no affiliate arrangement with Goal Setter. We just set them up. I really like that company. Uh, we've had the founder, Tanya Van Court, on here a couple of times, like what they do, like how they help kids. So we've set a couple of those up. You know what I like best, though, for graduations, OG? We've had some great books listed for recent graduates. And and frankly, instead of giving somebody 50 bucks, I think if you give them a couple of these finance books and talk about how exciting they are to read, you know, it's a great time to talk about this with Rob on today. Mm-hmm. Talk about how exciting these are to read. My son read, I will teach you to be rich when he was in high school. And Ramit Sadie writes with a ton of testosterone in that book. My daughter ignored it, just didn't speak to her. My son loved it. Loved it. He devoured it. And for college, I got uh, both of them when they graduated, two books, Aaron Lowry's Broke Millennial and uh, Scott Trench's Set for Life. And they ate up both of those books. And both of my kids have done very well in very different ways have done well with money. My son's very much becoming an entrepreneur. My daughter doesn't want anything to do with entrepreneurship, but she always pays herself first. And she's also become a hell of a thrift store shopper. Uh, so she's 
somebody that loves fashion, but doesn't want to pay a lot for it. So she, she used to always want to go to department stores in high school and spend our money on that. She read Aaron Lowry's book and immediately changed course to, she's now the queen of, what do they call it? Trashian instead of fashion, fashion, fashion. Yeah. They call it trashian. I think, uh, she's, yeah, I know all the fashion lingo. I can tell. But anyway, I think giving kids a couple finance books, you know, if, if, if they're good, Brian Ursu, uh, URSU has a great book that he wrote actually for his daughter. Remember him, mm-hmm. uh, Brian, a CFP up in Traverse city, Michigan. What about like tickets to something fun or some, like a concert or something Yeah, you to can actually you, to, do to, to use it and lose it type of deal. Is, is that, uh, maybe, I don't know, but it's an experience that they can't afford to do on their yeah. own. You know, give them a, give them a fun experience for them and a friend. I might couple that with something responsible though. In other words, the tickets inside of the book. Gotcha. There you go. So they're like, oh, a book. Thanks. Oh my God. Tickets to Bon Jovi. Yes. And you can only get the Bon Jovi. I'm sure, I'm sure that that's what every graduate wants, right? That was a Bon Jovi ticket. (laughs) You know why? Because they couldn't get. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Because they couldn't get tickets to Journey, that's why. <laughs> I saw this thing that Journey's still touring, which, by the way, no no stank there. Here's where the stank is. You know how many original members are on that tour? I can't imagine any. One. One dude. Nobody else. They got a guy who sounds like Steve Perry, the lead singer, and they've got one dude. Now, if you've got five guys in a band and only one is left, and you're calling yourself Journey... You know, they got Randy. Remember Randy, the, the, uh, the Macho Man Savage. No, not that Randy. Uh, the dude from American Idol, Randy, the judge Jackson, yo dog, Randy Jackson. It's going to be a no for me, dog. He, that's right. He plays the bass. He actually joined the band and is touring with them. So if you want to see Randy Jackson and one of the original members, and they're calling themselves journey because they got a dude who kind of sounds like Steven Perry. Nice. It's like when I saw Chicago, but Peter Sotero wasn't there. Yeah. Was it good though? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I don't know that I've ever been to a bad concert. They're familiar songs. Yeah. I don't think that I've ever been to a bad concert. I mean, hell, even you go to the honky tonk and somebody's up there playing a harmonica, you know, it's usually pretty good. So Justin's like, what the hell does this have to do with me? Exactly. So I'm, it's, it's my show. Damn it. We talk about what we want. Justin, thanks for bringing up that topic. I think we gave people a lot to work with there. If you've got a question for us, the good news is Justin got not just our take, but a lot of stackers takes because he asked it in the basement. If you want to get the wisdom of the crowd, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash basement, or just on Facebook, put in stacking Benjamins basement. You can join our closed Facebook group. Uh, that of course is free. Second, if you want, OG oh, my take though, a better way to go is our Haven lifeline voicemail, stackingbenjamins.com forward slash voicemail. And, uh, you can take home some sweet SB collectible swag. All right. That's going to do it for today. Lots of takeaways here today. You can tell that school OG, not that far away. Cause we're oh, talking man. about kids and getting educated. I was just looking at, just looking at my August schedule and I went, Oh no. Oh no. It's, it's about to start again. It's back. Big thanks to so many, so many people. First of all, if you shared this episode or if you think somebody needs to hear this episode, needs to start stacking some Benjamins, 
Thank you to everybody who shared this with a friend. Thank you also to people who took the time to leave us a review to tell other stackers about the show. If you send me an email, we throw your name in the hat and we're happy to give away some of these books. Speaking of books, maybe you can re-gift a book that you got from, got from us. Hey, I got this uh, great book that I thought that you'd like. Nobody needs to know that you got it because you left us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen. If this is your first time here, hope you had a good time. If you did, hit follow or subscribe. That button also is free, but it makes sure that the show comes right to your favorite player where you're listening to us now. And if you want extended interviews with either Rob or Ed Slot, our YouTube page is a great place to go for those. We talked to Ed for maybe five or six minutes, of which we clipped out about a minute and a half here. And Rob Phelan and I spoke for about 25 minutes. So uh, lots more over at our YouTube page if you really like those topics. We also like to share what mom's bragging about to the Bridge Club. Now that everybody's vaccinated, get it together again. This is five stars from Austin Farmer that's on Mom's Refrigerator. Three years in and still haven't learned a thing. Five stars. I've been listening to the show for almost three years. Hard to pinpoint anything specific I've learned, but it keeps me entertained enough to come back and my financial health has greatly improved. I've absorbed its bits of knowledge over the years, but most important is change the way I think about my own financial challenges and how I solve them. Thanks to OG, Joe, Paula, and the others who put so much effort into this show. Thanks a ton, Austin. And mom is bragging about your review today. Last but not least, if you're someone who is here like Austin for better money tips, but you really need a guiding hand in your corner to help you do better with your money, OG's team is taking new clients. So if you need a financial plan and financial planning team, head to stackingbenjamins.com forward slash OG and that links to their calendar to get you started on that journey to better decision-making the rest of this year and into the future. All right, that's going to do it for today. Doug, you got it from here, man. What should we have learned today? Sure thing, Joe. I'll help evolve this episode so everybody understands what they should have learned today. First, take a lesson from our headline. Take Ed Slot's advice and max out your Roth IRA if possible. Betting on crypto or your own little company? That'll take a self-directed IRA and some additional fees, but it can be done. But for most of us, sticking with proven investments might be a better strategy. Second, take a lesson from Rob Phelan. It's best to start laying your financial education early, but it's never too late to start. But the big lesson? This guy was found guilty of teaching evolution. Just imagine if they started teaching things like compound interest or the financial markets. Hashtag troublemaker. Ha! Good one, Doug. To learn more about our guests and for more resources, you can head to our show notes page at stackingbenjamins.com. Do you have some kids in your life who could benefit from early financial education? And really, who couldn't? If so, get them Rob Phelan's new book, M is for Money. This show is the property of SB Podcasts, LLC, copyright 2021, and is created by Joe Saul Cihai. Our producer is Karen Rapine. The show is written by Taylor Stevens with help from Joe and Doc G from the Earn and Invest podcast. After you listen, check out our show notes page written by our website manager and blog editor, Brooke Miller. 
Brooke and Joe also collaborate on a guide to the show and with lots of extras we couldn't include on today's podcast. Heck, they'll also throw in some life money lessons from Joe, and it's all free. It's called The Stacker, and you'll find it at stackingbenjamins.com forward slash stacker. Once we get all of this goodness bottled up, it goes over to our engineer, the amazing Steve Stewart, who helps the rest of our team sound nearly as good as I do right now. Want to talk about the show later? Mom's friend Gertrude is the room mother in our Facebook group, The Basement. She also is our social media coordinator, so say hello when you see us posting online. Here's a weird fact. She and Tina Eichenberg are never in the same room at the same time. For a URL that'll take you right to our Facebook group, by the way, type stackingbenjamins.com forward slash basement. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and remember, stackers, whatever you do, give 100%. Unless, of course, you're giving blood. I mentioned the other day that I've seen so many movies and uh, I'm not going to review these in order. I'm going to try to review them in order of when I think they're leaving the theater, which is why I talked about 12 Mighty Orphans because I think that might be hard to see. Talked about that on Monday. Today, let's talk about this one. This is a nice feel-good movie about a family working together. (laughs) Feel-good movie. Maybe not. This is called A Quiet Place. Part two. Run. I don't know why you came all the way up here. There's nothing left. won't survive. We have to try. And she cocks the gun like she did at the end of the first one. Did you see A Quiet Place? Uh, I did not. Not my kind of movie. I'll tell you, the uh, A Quiet Place, the first uh, 30 minutes, there's no dialogue at all, of course, because for those of you not familiar with this film starring Emily Blunt, and the first one had John Krasinski in it. He is, by the way, both the writer, producer, and the director. said both. He is all those things. I suppose there's both denotes two things, but he does a lot of work in here, but largely behind the camera, but it was so quiet in the theater. And I was in a theater packed with people to see the first one, you know, pre-COVID days. And uh, 
That would totally be me, by the way. I'd be like, why is everybody so quiet? And it's also super quiet on screen, right? Because the gist of this movie is there is an alien being who is here. They have amazing hearing, just incredible hearing. And that's how they find you. And so you have to be incredibly quiet. You step on a twig you accidentally drop a little something, they come running and they find you and they kill you. So at the end of the first movie, they figure out how to kill it. The second movie picks up right where that takes off, which is they know, oh gee, but now there's this gulf between them and the few people who are left. So they're going to try to find help and security and save more people. And they get a plan to try to do that. And they set off on that plan. I'm with you. Uh, This is a movie that uh, friends wanted to see and Cheryl loved the first one so much that they wanted to see. I gave the first one a thumb up. Uh, I'll give this one a thumb up too. Great movie. I just spend a third of the movie with my eyes closed because jump scares are not my thing. And this movie is one jump scare after another. Yeah. Emily Blunt is busy working on something and then the camera slowly pans to something she's not paying attention to. And it's one of those beasts walking directly toward her. And what you know is that the beast doesn't know that she's there. She doesn't know the beast is there. But if she makes one noise with a beast that close, she's going to die. And uh, not my not my kind of thing. But if you are into it, I know the movie got a 92% on uh, Rotten Tomatoes. It's a well-deserved 92. Movie's very tight, very well put together. I'm on the edge of my seat the whole time. Uh, two hours of not breathing thinking something bad is about to happen. Something bad happens a lot during the film. If you don't like gore, you don't like jumps to gears, don't go. But if you're into that thing, Quiet Place Part 2, I agree with most of the people that say it is. Shockingly, uh, everybody's good as the first one. Okay. I'll never see it, but maybe other people can. Well, Stackers, the show is over, but the party is just beginning here. You know why? Because it's Military Appreciation Month, and we are giving out shout-outs to all of our friends who have served in the military. And let's point uh, the finger right here at our good friend OG, who spent time in the military. And of course, we know what a giver he is, even when he pretends like he's being uh, Mr. Surly. Navy Federal offers member-only exclusive rates, discounts, and tools to empower their members to help them reach their goals. Visit NavyFederal.org celebrate, and you'll see all their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. They've got all kinds of resources on their site, like Best Cities After Service to help veterans transition to civilian life and Best Careers for Military Spouses to support military families. So much going on. Just head over to NavyFederal.org celebrate. Take a look at all the Military Appreciation Month offers and their usual offers. Navy Federal, our members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. 